non-existent. Calm is a four-letter word, and mayhem has been magnified. We gather to sort, seek, and share answers to this anarchy. Be prepared to sift through the turmoil and find truth. Get ready to march the streets with the Mayor of Mayhem, your host, Mark Bishop. Buckle up and let's ride. Good day to you. So glad you could join us on our very first groundbreaking podcast. Well, instead of groundbreaking, it may be heartbreaking. It all remains to be seen. But this is an embarkment upon a journey that uh, some have uh, pushed me to do. So here I am. Let's uh, let it roll. Hope you're having a great day. Today's episode is going to be Spill Stains and Mismatched Socks. Is there anything worse than digging through the sock drawer and not being able to put two socks together? First question, where do those socks go? You put two in the washer, two in the dryer, and one comes out. I'm thinking one day uh, NASA or some great institute will... Discover the land of the lost socks. Well, that's neither here nor there. It's what happened to all of us. And uh, But uh, what we want to talk about today in our world of mayhem is mismatched socks are not the end of the world. Neither are spills, stains, and mistakes that we made. We've all fallen. And as I often say, we are all damaged. Maybe you've seen one of the uh, major sitcoms from many years ago where a young lady was asked to be a roommate with uh, another young lady. And uh, as time progressed, uh, one, one young lady was very particular about how the cushions were arranged, the uh, flower pot, where it sat on the coffee table, uh, dish towel had to be folded ever so correctly. Um, just a neat freak. I guess today we'd say OCD, um, probably combined with the, the neat freak term. And she was a combination of uh, both and maybe had other issues as well. Well, the other girls seemed to be a little happy-go-lucky, uh, let the chips fall where they may kind of girl. And uh, she got a stain on the on the sofa cushion. Well, when uh, when the other girl arrived, saw the stain, um, and not only the stain, but uh, her roommate freaking out, just absolutely going berserk. She asked her what was wrong, and she admitted to the stain on the on the sofa. And um, she said, well, that, that's an easy solution. Why didn't you just flip the cushion over? Now, she wasn't expecting that answer, but she quickly replied, because I've got a spaghetti stain 
on the other side. Well, when the roommate heard that, she just totally lost it. And um, when she did, uh, her roommate said, I need to live in a life where people can spill. Wow. That's the place I need to live. That's the place you need to live. That's the place where we all need to live. And that is we need to learn to live with the spills, the stains, and the mismatched socks of life. Life's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. And we're setting ourselves up for failure when we uh, think that it might be perfect. When we expect perfection, you're going to be disappointed. I found a lot of people go through life with a lot of disappointment simply because they're expecting perfection in their friends, in their family, in their spouse, in their job, in their church. Everywhere they look, they're expecting everybody to run on eight cylinders, to uh, be well-educated, polite, and even to the point hoping and wishing that everyone thought like them, was raised like them, had all the interests that they have, but it's just simply not so. For us to uh, aspire to live in a world where everything is perfect, we're, we're, we're going to fall short of that. You're going to live a life of disappointment. So let's just relax a little bit. Let's kind of let our hair down and uh, expect people to make mistakes. Expect people to fail. Expect people to disappoint. That's what people do. But give them room to learn, to pick themselves up. And people need to live in a world where it's okay to spill. Stains should be okay. A missing button shouldn't be the end of the world. Even mismatched socks should not ruin an entire event or an evening. Children's fingerprints on the door or mirror shouldn't mandate a meltdown. Let's just go on with life. Let's clean up later. Let's, uh, let's go on about things that are far greater important. I would hope over the last couple of years through our pandemic, our quarantine, our uh, social distancing, our uh, sheltering in place, what other new words have we learned in 2020 and 2021? Well, in all of that, we should... We should step back and understand that uh, there's far greater things uh, to worry about than fingerprints on a window or some uh, stain in the carpet that the toddler has left behind. You know, I remember entering the kitchen early one fall morning after my routine trip outside of the house to the church. I came back. And I saw the morning sunrise casting a beam of bright golden sun rays on our kitchen counter. This would have otherwise been a refreshing sight, but the morning light exposed what had occurred the previous evening or night. There on the counter were the remnants of crumbs and what seemed to be a crust of a cheesecake. Since my wife doesn't eat cheesecake, I'll uh, let you play detective. The mess was a reminder of a past action, and as I began to clean the mess and rake the crumbs into the trash, I was reminded of a passage that states God's mercies are new every morning. 
Every day he's willing to wipe the counter of messes and mistakes that we have made the previous day. His big hand of mercy cleans the slate to give us a fresh new start. Thank God for his mercy today. Before you start inspecting someone else's kitchen, remember when the sun comes up, it could be that there are crumbs on your counter. Now, it's also a reminder that before you start crying about the crumbs, it's a testament that somebody had cheesecake, somebody had a great snack, somebody licked their lips, enjoyed a, a, a delicious um, midnight snack, if you will, or at least a bedtime grub session. Before we get all bent out of shape about uh, the messes of life, the things that uh, have or have not happened, the things that have gone wrong, the things that uh, are out of place. Let's remember that there's far greater things that uh, we can uh, worry our mind with and also that uh, these, these things that seem to be out of place are just reminders of good things that have been in our life previously. So smudges, spills, stains are all signs that we're blessed, that we have something. Think of the people that don't have candy stains on their windows. Matter of fact, there are many that don't even have windows. Those smudges on that window are signs, number one, that you probably have a youngster around the house, a child or a grandchild. For that, you should be thankful and that their little bellies are, are full and that they're uh, having the time of their life enjoying ice cream, candy, cookies, chocolate, whatever it is that you uh, choose to spoil them with. So uh, be encouraged, be thankful that uh, there are things happening in your life that leaves um, some residue leaves behind some spills. Thank God that we, we have enough uh, in abundance that uh, we are able to spill once in a while. For the man that hardly gets a meal, he's not going to waste a crumb. He's not going to have any overage. He's not going to have a, a smill or a, a smudge. He's going to lick the plate clean, lick his fingers, and uh, there'll be no sign that there was ever a meal behind him. So those smudges, spills, and stains are uh, actually a sign that we're blessed, that God has uh, given us way more than we deserve. You know, for every bag of trash that's overrunning, it's a testament to the meals, the clothes, the Amazon orders, bills have been paid. That junk mail that you despise is actually a confirmation that you're a citizen, that you've made a purchase before, that you're in the system, whatever that means. You have an address, you've got a, you've got a home, you've got a mailbox, and the list goes on. One day I was taking out the trash and I was quickened, uh, I'll blame it on the spirit, to be thankful I looked at the trash, completely different perspective, much like what we're talking about today with spilled smudges and stains and mismatched socks. And I began to look at an old utility bill that was laying in the trash. And instead of ranting and raving about high utility bills and how they're ever going up and never seem to cease, I let it be a reminder that I have running water, electricity, and the means to heat and cool my home, to keep my family safe. 
The old cards in the trash simply mean I have friends that care enough to send a word of encouragement. Those crushed boxes and soiled napkins, they mean I've had a good meal with my family. The discarded pill bottles and needles mean I'm in better health because of modern medicine and God's hand on my life. The old magazines remind me that God's given me the intellect and that someone took the time to teach me to read, to instill into my heart, to give me a desire to be informed, and someone cared enough to teach me along the way. So as we muddle through what seems to be a trashy situation, let's be thankful. There's always a silver lining behind every cloud, or should I say behind every trash can. And you can, you can always find something to be thankful for. Remember, you can't have a rainbow without the rain. And I promise you one thing Walmart's got plenty of, and that's thank you cards. Let's learn to be thankful. Let's, uh, let's, let's be thankful today, and let's send out a thank you to somebody. Not only to God, not only to those close to us, but why don't you find someone that you feel like maybe isn't recognized enough. Maybe maybe you've failed to say thank you for those that have invested in your life, for those that have been a friend, those that have just uh, been a close companion, those that do the, the routine, the ordinary, the things that uh, we, we expect, the things that uh, normal things of life that we say, well, that's their job. Well, let's just try being thankful. All right, our Proverbs for the day comes from Proverbs 14 and 4. It says, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. Now, you might say, what in the world does that have to do with me, and uh, what can I uh, receive from that proverb? Well, there's a whole lot packed into that, and, and even though it's in the King's English, we'll, we'll read it again and break it down for you and I so that we can uh, make sure we get the, the full crux of the matter. Where no ox are, the crib is clean. In other words, if you want a clean barn, if you want a clean life, if you want a life without spills and, and stains and smudges and mismatched socks, then uh, you, you're going to have to give up some of the pleasure. You've got to give up uh, some of the strength that comes. You can't have a clean crib and an ox at the same time. If, if you're going to have increase in strength, if you're, going to, if you're going to bring an ox into the family, if you're going to add children, add that joy, if you're going to add a spouse and liven up the place a little bit, then you get ready because uh, the crib's not going to be clean. So where there's no oxen, the, the crib is clean. You know, a clean crib is a sign of no strength, no mess, no work, nothing happening here. You know, they say a, a, a messy desk is a sign of a, uh, of, of a great workplace. Well, if you work, you're going to make a mess. A house was never built without the makings of sawdust. Bricks were never laid without the spilling of mortar. The Mona Lisa, the Last Supper, and even the Sistine Chapel all left some paint residue behind somewhere on a floor, on a drop cloth. Somewhere there was some spills and stains, maybe on the clothes of the painter. 
And even though we don't like stains and we don't like spills, we don't like mess ups, I could just about guarantee you that any of the painters of that day from those works, even the paint smudged smock that they were wearing would bring millions of dollars today. So if you have no fields to plow, no carts to move, no stumps to remove, you can sell the ox and clean the crib, sit and relax, fold your hands. But let me warn you, life as you know it will be over. The moment the wheels stop turning, the crops will be overrun by weeds, the wild will inhabit the field. Your inability to maneuver will paralyze your very being. This principle can be applied to every area of your life, your marriage, your workplace, your church, your school, everything around you. It's going to get messy when it involves progress, when things are happening, when friendships are made. At some point, there's going to be a heartbreak. There's going to be a disappointment when uh, when when progress is being made at work, when people are involved, when people are around, somebody uh, will get their feelings hurt. Someone will misstep, misspeak. Someone will say something they shouldn't. Someone will overstep boundaries. Someone will do something. Many wives are shouting amen from behind the steering wheel of their minivans and SUVs right now. Because they understand that if you have the strength of a man in the house, there's going to be poo in the crib, dirty socks, glasses on the counter, muddy boots, hats and coats hanging on the back of chairs, foreign noises and smells that are all the aftermath of marriage. You have to take the bad with the good. If you want strength, you must learn to deal with stink and progress comes with poo. Trash is not so bad as long as you take it out before it overruns. Can I ask you a question? Is this human nature or what? What causes people to get a desire to play the balancing act on the trash can? All of a sudden, you got a messy Jenga going on in the kitchen. Somebody doesn't want to take the trash out, so they balance the milk carton on top of an already full garbage can. I know I can get one more cup on that pile. Hey, watch this. This wrapper can go inside the Wendy's cup and the pile will never know. Well, if and when someone gets ready to empty the trash, what on earth can you do with all the trash that's above the rim level? You've had that dilemma. Don't tell me I'm the only one that's had to use my golfing words when taking out the trash. Well, all of a sudden, it becomes decision time. Do you try to rearrange everything and put it all into one bag, or are you to bring out the second bag, start packing process that now leaves you with one full bag and a brand new bag that's half full? And the greatest dilemma of all, that bag that's half full, do we waste that uh, good brand new trash bag and take it onto the curb, or do we put it back in the can and start all over again with a half-full trash can? Well, I can't answer those. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to leave that up to you. My favorite is the, uh, while we're on the subject of trash cans, how we got here, I don't know. I guess uh, we're just having a little trash talk today. But my favorite is what I call the thimble-sized trash can. 
Now that, that's that's one of my pet peeves. If if I'm going to have a trash can, I want it big enough to uh, to handle some trash. Now most people put these smaller trash cans in their bathroom, but you know the people, your parents, grandparents, they use them everywhere. Why? Well, because you can substitute a dollar store plastic bag as the trash bag. You know how much money you can save on trash bags in a year's time? Well, at least $4.37. You multiply that by the four or five years they got left to live, you've increased your inheritance by over $17, my friend. Hug your mother. Well, while we're talking trash talk, let's, uh, let's talk about this groundbreaking podcast. Here's a scenario. Here's a question first. Do circumstances affect our behavior or is our behavior driven by others? I was driving down the road the other day. It was early in the morning. There was no other traffic. There seemed to be absolutely nobody else stirring in the neighborhood. And as I'm driving along, the thought hit me, what in the world would happen? What would someone do if they were all alone in this world? I mean, if the entire population was wiped out for whatever reason, by whatever means, and you, you alone, were left, what would someone do? Would you still make your bed? Would you uh, still strive to be your very best? Would you uh, still, uh, I mean, what, what would you do? Would you, would you play a lot of golf? Would you fish more? Would you, would you even care to work? Could you survive? Could you could you go about and uh, and make sure you've got all the things that that you have today? Would would you be able to uh, follow the the lines that the electric company have brought to your house and make sure that electricity stays uh, coming to your place? Same with gas and water and and garbage pickup. All that's on you now. You're all alone. But the question really. Uh, stood out in my mind is, why don't we trust God? Why don't we spend time with God? Why don't we worship God as though we're all alone with him? What if we were the only person in the world? Well, I, I guess my question to that comes to this scenario. If you were the only person in the world, would you do what was right? Would you, would you, would you do things that you know uh, are right? So here's the scenario. It's early one summer morning. You arise early. You get dressed. You get your coffee, your mocha latte, whatever your favorite is, your bagel with cream cheese, which, by the way, I don't really think it's creamy or cheesy, but that's just my opinion and maybe a, a subject for a, a later time. You walk out the door. Your neighbor's trash is all over the yard. Somebody's dog, a stray cat, a possum, a armadillo who knows what got into it but uh, that's neither here nor there but now we know that the trash is strewn from Dan to Beersheba and here it is and you've got a decision you've seen it you can't unsee it remember the child's song be careful little eyes what you see so you see this mayhem of trash in your neighbor's yard do you pick it up do you drive off and leave it if someone is watching does that influence you when someone sees that you saw, does that bring with it an obligation? 
Does the situation change if circumstances change? What if the neighbor's a single mom, a disabled vet? What if the weather's cold, rainy, or snowy? What if the neighbor's elderly or cancer patient? Is our time, schedule, well-being, or attire a deciding factor? At what point do any of these influence our decision? We have to do what's right, and that's not always easy. It takes real character to do what's right when no one else is doing it or when no one else is watching. Matter of fact, when you can do what's right when no one else knows or sees, that's true character. Mark Twain said it's never wrong to do the right thing. I've enjoyed my time with you today. May God bless you. Go and do the right thing.